Hi friends, welcome to Think Better, Live Better podcast, episode number 19 and my name is Satish Kumar. Thanks for spending some time with me today. My intention is to deliver the best of content to my listeners and add value to all of you. I have done 18 episodes of solo podcasting. For the first time in this special episode, I am interviewing an inspiring personality to share his perspective on life, work and how to create a better world. Mr. Anirudh Krishnan of AK Law Chambers Chennai is a prominent advocate in the area of litigation, dispute resolution and arbitration. He is an alumnus of Oxford University and National Academy of Legal Studies and Research, Hyderabad. He is the author of two books, first one, The Law of Reservation and Anti-Discrimination, which he wrote while he was a student. The second one, Law of Arbitration and Conciliation. He regularly appears before Supreme Court, various high courts, statutory tribunals and international arbitral tribunals. Anirudh is qualified to practice law in India and also qualified as a solicitor of England and Wales. He has been ranked by many platforms such as Chambers and Partners and Indian Business Law Journal as a leader in his field of practice. He has delivered guest lectures in many of the national law schools in India and has presented papers at numerous national and international conferences. He was also invited to deliver talks to the international arbitration teams of Clifford Chance LLP and Herbe Smith LLP London. Anirudh has been empaneled as an arbitrator with Nani Palkiwala Arbitration Centre. He was appointed as an expert on Indian law for an ICC arbitration in London. He was appointed as a consultant to the Law Commission of India for the report on arbitration. In addition, he was appointed by the Honorable Chief Justice as a member of a special committee set up in a public interest litigation to suggest reforms to certain backward regions in the state of Tamil Nadu. He is also a member of Governing Council of the Madras Chamber of Commerce and Industry Arbitration Centre, the Drafting Committee for the Mumbai Court of International Arbitration, Steering Committees of the Indo-Italian Chamber of Commerce. His wife, Goda Raghavan, is also an advocate who heads the corporate and commercial vertical at AK Law Chambers. Anirudh is also a tennis player and a proud father of two children, Adrit and Shreyas. Anirudh Krishnan, welcome to my podcast, Think Better, Live Better. Hi Anirudh, many thanks for your time. I would like to appreciate and acknowledge the great work that you are doing as a lawyer. You are a symbol of hard work, passion and discipline. You are the undisputed king of dispute resolution and arbitration. The only man who loves disputes. I was curious to look at the dictionary meaning of what a dispute is. It is an argument or a disagreement between people or groups of people. So what do you think is the main cause of disputes? Thank you, Mr. Satish. Thank you first for inviting me to be part of your podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Coming to the question that you have uh, raised as to what is the real reason for a dispute. Let me me answer this from an India-centric point of view. Mm I am, when I'm talking about a dispute here, here I'm not going into uh, 
criminal uh, disputes mm-hmm. or pure income tax disputes because i believe that these are areas where i'm not particularly qualified to comment on so let me keep it at more of the commercial and civil law level mm-hmm. when you look at a dispute i would categorize them into three categories and we need to look at each category mm-hmm. differently about 60 to 70% of the disputes involve the state on one side okay now in a lot of these disputes i think the cause is the fear to take a decision mm-hmm. at the level of the officer at the government okay this fear comes in because if that officer is seen as giving in to a private party okay there are consequences there is a cvc inquiry which mm-hmm. runs to years very often after the officer retires okay right? a balance needs to be struck because the cvc inquiry is an important factor because there are situations where an officer is bribed by the other party and mm-hmm. sort of uh, gives in so a mechanism needs to be found where this balance is struck perhaps there could be the use of mediation mm-hmm. could be like a solution where you have a super mediation panel with people of unimpeachable integrity and mm-hmm. high un- accomplishment and perhaps a decision by them should be binding on the state entity and there would be no cvc inquiry okay. in such a scenario therefore th- this is one category and i believe that we need to look at innovative ways mm-hmm. where we strike the balance where, where we strike the right balance the second kind of dispute is a typical dispute where it's a case of a, a, a big fish eating small fish okay where the big fish knows that it's in the wrong right yet goes ahead mm-hmm. trying to use the systemic delays to its advantage okay now this is a major problem because the state disputes requires a much larger systemic change here i think imposing heavy costs mm-hmm. would have an impact on reducing such disputes okay and the third category would be genuine disputes which i think will exist in any society in any right. country so right. that yes that i don't think you can do anything they they could be genuine interpretational issues they could be areas of law that's in the gray mm-hmm. so those disputes i don't think you can do anything about but okay. the first two i think uh, those two categories can be reduced okay forward. so you think major cause of a dispute would be financial or you know uh, egocentric i think it's both it's both okay. i think it's both uh, i have seen quite a number of both categories okay. financial because well you have an advantage and if the status quo mm-hmm. continues for the next 7 or 8 years one party adva- benefits from it okay so that party then has every incentive mm-hmm. to create the dispute and drag it on in court right so that would be the financial category the second is there are number of ego litigations in our country as mm-hmm. well right right okay okay great great so when it comes to the perspective of disputes how do you break down or deconstruct disputes do you have a mechanism uh, as to how you go deep into disputes see i think that's very uh, dependent on the nature of the dispute mm-hmm. we have a way of simplifying it 
we sort of prepare like a chronology we br- break down the dates and events mm-hmm. you look at each cause of action separately okay so some disputes are simple where it doesn't require too much of simplification where mm-hmm. your chronology may run to 10 or 15 events okay you have on the other hand extremely complicated disputes mm-hmm. such as a construction of a bridge okay so we were dealing with uh, what is going to be the highest rail bridge in the world mm-hmm. when it's built and a dispute relating to its construction and those kind of disputes are almost like 500 disputes put into one right because it's between two parties but there are so many issues mm-hmm. so the way i deal with these is instead of looking at it as one massive dispute because then you get stuck in the volume mm-hmm. you break it down into 500 small disputes okay and deal with it the way in which you would deal with 500 small disputes okay that's an easier way to deconstruct it okay and how do you put it all together well again that so then um, in these kind of matters you would sort of uh, have different causes of action mm-hmm. each causes of action can be broken down into sub causes of action okay. and you deal with it cause of action at a time okay so so it can either be cause of action at a time or a claim at a time mm-hmm. but sometimes the claim has multiple causes of action so that's how you break it down but of course strategy really depends and so these really complicated ones with like the construction disputes that i'm referring to usually there would be an arbitration clause and it would go to arbitration mm-hmm. where the focus then becomes entirely on the merits of the case but if it's something in court mm-hmm. i think strategy comes in there's a lot more uh, strategy involved okay so you think after covid the number of disputes are on the rise or is it going down let me put it this way number of disputes would certainly be on the rise mm-hmm. but since companies and individuals have been badly hit by the pandemic mm-hmm. they have lesser money to spend on fighting these disputes okay so perhaps we would see more resolution and i hope to see a more proactive attitude from the government mm-hmm. on this going forward mm-hmm. there have been some measures in the uh, especially in the infrastructure space mm-hmm. which have been announced which are all quite positive okay. but uh, some of them are not being implemented at the ground level okay so uh, yes i think the number of disputes have increased Mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is that everybody has suffered loss okay. so when there's a transaction between two parties and the lie the loss lies at the end of one party that party is trying to see how they can pass it on to the other party okay so we have given at least 20 25 opinions on how to mm-hmm. uh, on how to sort of pass on the loss to the other party there are innovative measures sometimes that come into play because one party simply can't bear the loss we have a common law system in some um, uh, countries where they have the civil law system there is a methodology for equitable sharing of loss that's not there in our system at the moment okay okay so therefore there would be more uh, uh, there would be more disputes but as i said a lot of uh, parties don't want to be escalating it unless it's really significant okay okay right answer uh, so uh, i also referred uh, dictionary meaning of arbitration uh, arbitration is the process of solving an argument between people by helping them to agree to an acceptable solution 
so why would a person choose arbitration instead of going for a litigation can you throw more light on that so arbitration in the legal context mm-hmm. is a form of alternative dispute resolution okay where parties jointly appoint an arbitrator who is essentially a a private judge if you may put it that mm-hmm. way okay and uh, so sometimes it's an arbitral tribunal which consists of one arbitrator sometimes each party nominates one and the two of them nominate a third okay. some situations there is an institution that nominates etc mm-hmm. so there are very there are many variants okay but there are a number of reasons why parties choose arbitration mm-hmm. one primary reason is same the speed time. of the process yeah, yeah same time okay and when you deal with a really complicated dispute where there are multiple triable issues sometimes involving expert evidence mm-hmm. then when you go to a court of law because you're using public infrastructure correct when a trial is being conducted at the master court mm-hmm. like in uh, madras it's the master court in other cities it may be before the city civil court or the commercial court okay in you're using public infrastructure the, the court can't just hear your case for 5 days okay because there are so many other cases also that need to be tried simultaneously correct okay in an arbitration the arbitrator can block off 5 days and only hear your case okay so therefore there is an there's a greater efficiency of course a lot depends on the arbitrator or the arbitral tribunal as to how efficiently they handle it okay so in that sense speed is one major reason mm-hmm. second reason could be technicality okay right there may be highly technical disputes mm-hmm. and there it may make sense to have your have the arbitrator have the arbitrator somebody who may have technical knowledge an engineer for instance okay you may have a i was referring to a, a, a arbitration pertaining to construction of a bridge so right. in that the supreme court had appointed a tribunal which consisted of a supreme court retired supreme court judge mm-hmm. an engineer and an accountant okay. so all aspects could be covered right. so that's another advantage of having uh, technical expertise on the tribunal okay so to decide a technical dispute okay uh, another common perception is that is cost that arbitration may be cheaper but i think people are now realizing that it may not necessarily be cheaper thanks anirudd for your clear explanation now our listeners have a fair bit of idea of what you master at disputes mean people fighting each other that means less peace in the world how to create a more peaceful world with less disputes well i think we need to create a culture of compliance okay we need to incentivize c- compliance as mm-hmm. i was mentioning uh, one method could be imposing heavy costs mm-hmm. when somebody does not comply but you need to perhaps draw a distinction between a commercial dispute and a non-commercial dispute mm-hmm. because you don't want costs to be an impediment to an innocent man coming and approaching a court right but at the same time you see somebody who's deliberately misusing the system you need to impose mm-hmm. heavy costs okay okay and i think one more way could be if if a dispute is going to be resolved faster mm-hmm. then there would be lesser incentive for the person in the wrong right to continue in the wrong knowing that he or she is in the wrong mm-hmm. right and how do you how do you expedite the process well 
one is reduce the number of cases that come into the public machinery and their costs would help okay. the second is to speed up the process itself by using technology where possible all right for instance a lot of the roadblocks in the process mm -hmm. is during the stage of trial all right because the it, it's fairly the process of trial is fairly slow okay there are technologies that are used for instant transcription okay which are available abroad mm -hmm. which are being developed in india which are still at its nascent stages okay these make the trial process much faster mm -hmm. so if the process becomes faster and in you're going to get a final adjudication within a period of 1 year as against a period of 4 or 5 years mm -hmm. then there is and at the end of it you're going to have costs imposed on the party in the wrong mm -hmm. then there is lesser incentive for the party in the wrong to right. continue being in the wrong knowing that he or she is in the wrong mm -hmm. right so then that would help incentivize a culture of compliance okay so i think a realistic interest regime mm -hmm. is also important say a party knows that they are sit unlawfully sitting on a crore of rupees that is actually due to another party okay today they put it in the bank account or they put it in a fixed deposit they earn The compound interest, interest out yeah. of it or they invest it in equity they may even get 12 to 13% correct returns mm -hmm. on it now at the end of the day if the court is only going to award the return of that 1 crore plus 6% simple interest or 8% simple interest that's not fair then it's not fair because that party has actually unjustly enriched right so a realistic interest regime is something that is crucial mm -hmm. that's something so all of these i think together would help create a culture of compliance because it will disincentivize non compliance okay thanks anirudh now moving on to the personal side you have done your schooling at chennai you went to hyderabad for your bachelor's in law and then you went to oxford for your masters who has been the biggest influence in your life it's very difficult to pick one person mm -hmm. but i uh, i i'll try i'll try and pick one uh, primarily it's well i'm a very family person mm -hmm. we are a very close knit family okay. and i have uh, always had the support of my uh, family at all times great so i think well as a unit it's the family that is been the biggest influence mm -hmm. and i think you pick up individual traits from each person right and uh, each person influences you in one way or the other so say so if i have to look back so far as my father is concerned mm -hmm. the one thing that would strike me is the freedom that's always been there in the family Great. and and his freedom of thought and uh, the fact that i've always been friends and i've with, i've been more friends with him than mm -hmm. uh, really father and son and i've had the freedom to express what i want at all points of time Okay. which i think helps you develop right so far as my wife and kids are concerned mm -hmm. i think uh it has uh, the, they have helped me mature from that ambitious boy mm -hmm. right to a to a more uh, holistic looking man great okay. and they've helped me realize that there is so much more to life right than just professional mm -hmm. achievement okay but if i have to from all of these if i have to pick one person mm -hmm. i think i would have to say it's my mother 
because at the end of the day i think the amount of sacrifice that she has put in mm-hmm. for my personal development Great. has been immense i think uh, uh, the time that she has spent with me during my childhood right inculcating the life skills and the life values great okay have benefited me so if i have to pick one it will be her but overall as a family i think i've had the mm-hmm. solid support of everyone excellent excellent great answer okay. so she must be very proud of you right now so do you have any mentor or guru that you seek advice from other than your family of course see uh, there have been various people who have advised and encouraged me at mm-hmm. various points of time people okay. who have backed me all right and all of that has collectively uh, helped right and uh, well i think uh, my i have always gone to advise to some senior mm-hmm. uh, lawyers and uh, mr arvind datar mr nl raja have all been okay, people great. who have greatly encouraged me mr tk baskar had encouraged me a mm-hmm. lot and a lot of them who had also referred work at an early stage and one thing that i have to uh, i think uh, my boss at uh, clifford chance okay uh, had uh, i think mr sumesh soni Okay. And uh, he was an Indian who was there, and mm-hmm. um, I would say more than even any incident there, I was still very young in my mm-hmm. career, and there was a massive international arbitration case mm-hmm. in the middle of Madhya Pradesh, All in a right. village over there, in the middle of nowhere, where an international arbitration had been stayed at that point of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was still finding my feet. Okay. And he referred one of the biggest international firms to me at that point, backed me. Okay. And we were tremendously successful in that case and that could have been that was one of the turning points in my okay. career. And of course, well, well if I when, when you're looking at this, I obviously have to mention my uh, father and my father-in-law have mm-hmm. who though family they have also been professional uh, okay. mentors. Okay. And my I also learned I was also under Mr. Murari Mm-hmm. for a year who was my senior in uh, once i came back to chennai okay so, so at this point in time yeah, sorry bo- sorry before that i think i i i because I, i'm trying my best to ensure i don't miss out anybody i must look at i must there are two other mm-hmm. crucial people who i would think have had a huge influence and i must mention their name yeah please go one ahead. is my vice chancellor at nalsar professor okay. anbir singh mm-hmm. um some of my school teachers mm-hmm. uh who had a key influence at my school vidyamandir mm-hmm. and mr vadwa who okay. was a who was a leading publisher in india all right who accepted to publish a book that i proposed to write mm-hmm. in college okay i don't think anybody else would have backed a fourth year law student to write a book he told me you finish it i will release it at your convocation Great. and uh, professor anbir singh told me yes we will release it at the uh, convocation mm-hmm. he got the chief guest then mm-hmm. to release it and i think that was a big turning point for me so that's the book on uh, reservations reservation and di- discrimination right yes, yes. okay great great awesome anirudh so tell me when you were a child did you want to become a lawyer actually no and i went ahead and i started studying engineering 
Okay, that's I did engineering for a year. <laughs> I right. in fact was uh, a, I did science in my 11th and 12th. Mm-hmm. I was doing engineering in Venkateshwara College of Engineering. Okay. I used to do quite well at mm-hmm. that point. There was one incident that was a turning point when I look back at it it was, it was a blessing in disguise. Okay. There was a physics exam that I failed. I got okay. 49 out of 100. I knew there was no way I could have got that much. All right. Because it was problem based and I knew that I should have got at least 90. Okay. That time I was quite disillusioned with the system. Mhm. And it struck me that well why don't I attempt law? Okay. Since my parents were both lawyers, I decided okay now I'll give uh, Um, yeah, law a fair shot, and then you had this uh, Sri Ram Academy of Law where they used to mm-hmm. train you for law coaching. Okay. I started attending it. All I right. gave my paper for re-examination simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I then passed. I got thirty-two more marks on re-examination. Okay. But by the time, I really loved what I was reading in my law class. Excellent. All right. All so right. I decided then I'm going to shift into law. Okay. So you didn't mind wasting that one year that you spent on engineering. I I didn't because I well multiple reasons one I I really enjoyed doing law okay and secondly well I thought well if this is happening in my first year mm-hmm. the same thing could very well happen later and then what happens to my career so right. to some extent I was disillusioned at that point with the system okay when it came to engineering well may not have again happened and I see so many great engineers today mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I think shifting to law worked for me oh great great so looking back and connecting the dots you don't have any regrets absolutely no regrets okay i Excellent. think you just learn from these phases and come out stronger okay great great so anirudh uh, how do you balance your life you have work you have clients family children um, you know you have to keep continuously learning because that is a profession you are in yeah. and time for playing tennis yeah. attending seminars giving guest lectures yeah. article writing so how do you balance all this yeah balancing it is actually very difficult <laughs> and i cannot say that i've i've, I've had my ups and downs in uh, balancing it and i think it's important that you need to find time to balance four things one is work mm-hmm. second is family right third is time for yourself mm-hmm. and fourth is friends great okay now these are the now when i started off i used to uh, and uh, i used to be crazy about work right i still am crazy about work right but i used to be in office all the time okay plus i had a lot of travel so and when you start your own practice mm-hmm. the first few years are extremely difficult there's a lot okay. of pressure mm-hmm. so that uh, period i started in 2013 mm-hmm. 2013 um, was crazy i had stopped spending time on anything other than work okay i had neglected my uh, i used to have a niggling back issue all right before that i used to i have I've always played some sport or the other i primarily played tennis then in the middle i played uh, squash mm-hmm. so i've 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 generally been an 
active person but post 2013 when i started mm-hmm. i neglected everything for about 9 months i had a niggling back issue okay that escalated mm-hmm. and i had a slip disc okay and a pretty bad one all right so the doctors told me that i cannot play any sport mm-hmm. only thing i can do is swim okay and i did not know how to swim so i i learnt it <laughs> and <laughs> thereafter when i started swimming mm-hmm. i would have a sinus issue every time the chlorine okay. or something in the water would mm-hmm. affect my sinus and i kept feeling kept falling sick okay thereafter i at some point uh, things i could not play tennis which I, which was a real stress buster for me mm-hmm. i i particularly don't don't enjoy going for uh, walks it gets boring beyond okay. the right. point <laughs> i could not swim because of the sinus issue okay at that point i started uh, the sinus issue kept getting worse i would travel to delhi mm-hmm. delhi in winter with the amount of pollution i would periodically come back with some kind of allergy which escalated okay. into pneumonia okay. and there was a period of 3 4 months where it was really bad mm-hmm. then um things worked out uh, in the sense that i was referred to a yoga instructor mm-hmm. a therapeutic yoga all right and when he started uh, giving me these lung exercises he was also a physiotherapist mm-hmm. and started helping me strengthen my back and he gave me the confidence that i could restart tennis okay that's the reason why in 2019 i 2019 or maybe 2020 early i restarted tennis and i think that's so therefore that time that i get to myself Mm-hmm. is crucial in so far as the family is concerned yes initial few years i don't think i gave the family any time okay luckily my wife is also a lawyer and uh, she <laughs> understands <laughs> this and uh, i think uh, the first few years i was just working mm-hmm. thereafter after we had a child mm-hmm. i consciously started taking time out I took a leaf out of my parents book they are both lawyers okay. and they have their office behind the house so we then built an office that is very close to uh, a home okay so what i now do is i i consciously right from the time my first uh, child was born mm-hmm. i try and uh, wrap up at office by 7 7:30 mm-hmm. i take my work home or where it's voluminous i go i spend one and a half hours with the family make my children sleep mm-hmm. and then i come back to work okay and then i work late mm-hmm. so that way i have been able to find the balance okay i have also consciously tried to uh, take at least half a sunday off okay because otherwise uh, it, it just becomes uh, yeah. impossible okay. plus we do uh, well when courts are shut and i ensure that we at least get a 15 day slot where we can do a proper holiday in may okay. pre pandemic of course mm-hmm. but okay. yeah so i think all of these i think i've gotten better at finding the balance i was not good at it okay i think it's something which has where i've gotten better so do you still feel it's still work in progress or you have you know got into the peak of it well i found a happy space okay i think i'm quite uh, i think well to some extent i'm well I, overall i'm very happy so i can't really i okay. can't say whether i can get better or whether it would be okay. whether one should be more or mm-hmm. less but and i think it also works in uh, uh, phases at times okay because sometimes sometimes work is just so busy right that okay for the for that 10 day period you can't do anything else mm-hmm. right right so anirudh mm-hmm. what is your morning routine 
and why is it important to have for any successful person to have a great morning routine i think the morning time is the uh, most productive time right you are at your freshest so i've always been a Early morning user. person i've yeah. so i get up by about uh, 5:35 45 okay i've uh, i'm very particular now about getting that time for myself and uh, playing tennis in the morning okay and prior to resuming tennis i used to work in the morning and a lot of work used to get done in the morning yeah uh, now i uh, i thoroughly enjoy my set of tennis because that leaves me energized for the day right so that's something that i ensure i okay uh, do and uh, yeah so i think anybody i i i think it's a criminal waste of time i i think it's a criminal waste if you sleep through that precious time of one and a half hours in the morning correct mm-hmm. so i keep telling my children that uh, you need to do something you just are trying to see either play a sport in the morning mm-hmm. or sit and finish your homework and right. your studies in the morning so you're yeah and and when you f- start you finish off one of your crucial activities for the morning that's one less thing to do through the day correct correct okay it carries you throughout the whole day so you you yeah. start you start the day positive right you feel you've used your time positively right. you, you carry that positivity through the day yeah you will have a proactive day versus reactive day yes 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 very well okay So coming to your work uh, how big is your team how many people you have as employees or associates roughly roughly 20 20 okay roughly 20 we have a, a arbitration team and a, a litigation team mm-hmm. and we also have a smaller team sitting out of bangalore i understand you are spending a lot of time and energy in training your juniors how do you make your employees to stick to you for a reasonable period of time retaining is always a is a problem i think that's something that we recognize mm-hmm. but i think you need that core team there okay. and mentally reconcile to the fact that the non core team would keep circulating but you mm-hmm. need the three or four core members who will help mm-hmm. take this forward and i think what is important is effective communication correct i think you need to identify those members talk to them right and point out to them the scope for growth okay and because today on purely monetary terms right a firm in a big firm with 500 lawyers mm-hmm. would be able to afford okay a bigger pay package than what we afford than than what we offer okay so mm-hmm. retaining from on a purely financial uh, from a purely po- financial point of view when you look at the pan india market mm-hmm. is going to be difficult okay from a chennai market point of view different chennai market point of view i think we offer uh, uh, good packages but from an all india point of view that uh, it'll be difficult to match but then there are other factors like the satisfaction of work the leadership role right i trust my colleagues Right. I give them a lot of responsibility I give them a lot of exposure excellent and I don't micromanage okay. once I delegate I don't micromanage I, uh, so that's something mm-hmm. that I uh, and therefore they get the satisfaction right from the first week of joining mm-hmm. where they can interact with the client where they they get a first hand exposure 
सो अल्टीमेटली वेल यू स्टिल एंड अप लूजिंग यू डोंट एंड रिटेन एवरीबडी एंड आई डोंट नेसेसरली बिलीव दैट एवरीबडी ईच पर्सन हैज देयर और देयर ओन एम्बिशंस एंड आई कैन से दैट आई एम वेरी प्राउड टू से दैट अ लॉट ऑफ माई कलीग्स ओके हैव नाउ स्टार्टेड ऑफ देयर ओन प्रैक्टिस and they're doing really well and right. when i right. see them i feel very mm-hmm. proud of uh, what they are yeah. achieving so yeah that's what great leaders do you have shown the path for many future leaders sometimes they go on to create a bigger impact than you you're, you're using big words but <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i can say that uh, well i think it gives you a sense of uh, accomplishment or achievement when you right. see somebody who's trained under you do well great 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 that's a great feeling so one other personal question how do you overcome fear or self doubt or do you have fear for anything at all as a human being of course you will have some fears so what is your greatest fear and how do you propose to overcome well i can't think of <laughs> uh identifying one great fear well when you talk about it uh, well initially what i there are there's a fear of rumors okay where uh, you absolutely you don't have any control over you have no control over yeah. so initially you react to it mm-hmm. and you try and see how you can correct it okay then you realize the best way is to develop thick skin <laughs> and okay. not be bothered by it okay okay Great. i can't say if fully developed it yet <laughs> work in progress okay okay great and how did you develop this public speaking skills because i have seen one of your youtube videos you sounded very confident and spot on so how did you develop those skills i've always been interested in public speaking right from the time that i was a mm-hmm. kid okay. i used to participate in every form of public speaking in school mm-hmm. and then i think uh, that further developed when i was at nalsar because nalsar has this mm-hmm. project presentation so there are okay. 50 projects and you need to present it to your class okay so i think that helps you get over that but anyway by then i, I it's not that i was a nervous speaker at that point mm-hmm. and then today in our uh, profession it's about it's it is a form of public speaking every right. day right right so okay. you sort of uh, uh, well your audience may be a judge your audience may be Hundred people watching right. uh, a general talk in a seminar, but ultimately the whole object is to convey a point in a simple manner so the audience can understand. Okay, great, great. Okay, so coming to uh, you know developing good quality children, uh, the future generation. Somebody said uh, each day of our lives. we make deposits in the memory banks of our children make good deposits so that your children grow up to be good human beings a good human being can be a good doctor or a good lawyer or a good engineer so but a doctor or a lawyer may not be a good human being so what is your thoughts on raising kind compassionate you know socially conscious children yes i think that's something that Uh, you've hit uh, spot on and something that we keep talking to our children about right. i think it's crucial to ensure that you are 
that you do something for society that you think of mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. around you and contribute in whichever way possible okay. and i think more than just talking about it mm-hmm. the way to do it is to set an example correct i think yeah. if your children see you doing it they will also they do, will it. do it yeah so i think uh, uh, acts speak louder than words true true and that's the way of going about it okay great great so one last question we are coming almost to the end of our episode so what can we do at either individual level or at societal level to create equal opportunity for all children across india because growing up i came from a very you know rural background where i didn't have all opportunities like you know the the way the the kids at the city had so how do you mm-hmm. how we can plan or propose to have an equal opportunity for all children i think when you look at the last two years mm-hmm. well obviously the pandemic has wreaked havoc and a lot of lives have been lost Correct. but one of the positives that have come out of the uh, pandemic mm-hmm. is the use of technology in reducing geographical barriers correct today you have 4g network everywhere correct you have video conferencing that can reach out to the remote corners of the country okay so i believe that the way of providing opportunities across mm-hmm. independent of geographical barriers independent of uh, um, class harassments which have mm-hmm. which a certain class may have right. uh, undergone over the ages is to is digitization right now you have various digital platforms you have knowledge available everywhere right you youtube mm-hmm. a particular you, you youtube the explaining the concept of earthquake Correct. and you will find multiple videos explaining that concept Correct. beautifully right so today the knowledge is out there in the digital world right so and i'm seeing the digital reach today because right. there are uh, say there were a lot of lawyers during this period mm-hmm. who went to their uh, hometowns and who accessed hearings okay. from uh, villages so if that that indicates that there is good connectivity there yeah so uh, i think we are on the right track okay and we must ensure that we don't lose this momentum okay great answer so finally uh, what i call as a quick fire round i have 10 questions here so the answer for this questions will be either one word or one sentence maximum so question number 1 if there is one thing that you want to stand for for the rest of your life what is it education mm-hmm. for poor children great great for, uh, especially those passing out of schools looking at building careers but uh, looking to step into colleges and then build careers but can't afford to do so that's a great one anirudh question number 2 at personal level how many people's lives you want to impact say a number maybe 10000 1 million 1 billion these are not uh, things you can set a target for right i think you just uh, to borrow ms dhoni's language okay. and examples <laughs> you you set the processes the results will 
follow okay okay i love that i love that great question number 3 what is the best advice you have ever received be patient okay because there are phases where things won't work right there are phases where everything you do will go wrong okay you just need to wait it out okay question number 4 what is the worst advice you have ever received i can't really think of any <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, i love your honesty thank you so question number 5 if you can create one law that everyone in the world should follow what would it be right to education okay great for everybody okay excellent excellent answer question number 6 if you were not a lawyer what other profession would you have chosen well i would have loved to be a either a tennis player or a chess player but i would need to have the physicality and the Correct. mental skills for the <laughs> for the same okay. so I, yeah i i love the two i love both tennis and uh, uh, chess okay uh, but yeah they are uh, i was uh, i played chess at the semi professional level tennis okay. more as always as a hobby and just to keep myself okay uh, Uh, fit but i i love the two okay great great question number 7 choose one of the following money fame relationships peace you can you get to choose only one i will choose peace it was a close thing between peace and relationship mm-hmm. but if you have to have peace you have to have good relationships therefore Correct. i presume that if i choose peace Your relationship is already covered. Okay, great, great answer. Question number eight. One advice you would have given to twenty-year-old Anirudh. Can we make it thirty-year-old Anirudh? Yeah, please huh? go ahead. <laughs> uh, or twenty-five-year-old. Uh, okay, Anirudh. please go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, focus a little more on. Uh, well, give yourself that half an hour every day. Mm-hmm. where you you take care of your fitness and other issues right. in Because terms of meditation spending your time with yourself yes more more than that i yeah spending time with yourself and mm-hmm. physical exercise because okay. i think the uh, i could have avoided the back, back problem easily right right if i had done that and that cost me a lot of this but i think at the end of the day no regrets because you mm-hmm. need to learn your lessons great great answer i love it uh, question number 9 what do you fear earlier we have covered but again what do you fear one one single thing that you fear health issues of loved ones okay excellent last question question number 10 one book you recommend to our listeners i liked uh, andre agassi's mm-hmm. autobiography autobiography okay Open. excellent Uh, okay. because of the forthrightness mm-hmm. uh, i think he's spoken about everything he's spoken about the mm-hmm. lows and the highs right and i love what he's doing i love the amount of charity that he's doing the example right. he's setting for all celebrities across the world excellent excellent anirudh krishnan it has been an absolute privilege and honor to do this with you thanks for being so generous thank you and the pleasure is all mine yeah thank you for having me yeah 
I wish you all well. Uh, keep going, my brother. Sky is the limit for you. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you th very much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Dear podcast listeners, I sincerely hope that this interview has inspired to do great work in whatever profession you are in. I look forward to bringing more such successful people to my podcast and provide more value for all of my listeners. If you like my podcast, please subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts and leave a review. Your review or feedback will help me improve the quality of this podcast. If you can do me a favor, please share this podcast with a friend or a colleague. Once again, many thanks indeed for tuning in. Appreciate and acknowledge each and every one of you. Until next time my friends, take care and have an amazing week. Bye for now.